Ter Avelt Haint. That's what the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, and it means you can and you must turn the world over today. The world right now is dictated by its passion. When we turn the world upside down, the world will be dictated by the godly soul that each person has. It could happen by someone doing something for God. That can turn the world right side up. May that day be today. Okay, this is Rabbi Shmuel Pollen. I hope you're having a great day. I'm having a great day because there is a holiday coming up called Sukkot. It starts on the night of October 14th and ends on the night of the 22nd of October. And it is the most joyous holiday on the Jewish calendar. So what could be more exciting than that? Tell me. Before I get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm new to podcasting, and I noticed that the new podcasts show up first, and the oldest podcasts show up last. Well, that's not ideal for this podcast because this, because this podcast is constantly building on itself. So if you would, please go to the bottom of the episodes and listen to the first two or three so you'll get an idea of what's going on and you won't be like someone who just walked into a movie theater in the middle of the movie. And one more note, it says in the book Ethics of Our Fathers, which was written in the third century, it was compiled by Judah, the master of the generation, and it says when you give credit to people that gave you what you're saying, it brings the redemption closer. So I definitely want to do that. Everything until now was completely original, but for this podcast and for future podcasts, I need to give credit to Rabbi Yossi Jacobson from Muncie, New York. He's a genius of a man and a very good man as well. He, in turn, will readily give credit to the Hasidic masters that cropped up in the past 300 years, as well as the entire oral tradition that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. It's impossible to understand the Torah without the oral tradition. He will give credit to that as well, but especially the Hasidic masters who revolutionized Torah learning, and they brought out a depth in the Torah, and yet so practical. That's why it's compared to oil, Hasidus. Hasidic Judaism is compared to oil. As we said, it's aloof. It's as high up of learning as you can possibly get. And yet it permeates the bread. It's as practical as you can possibly get. So I want to give credit to all of those people for today's sermon and for future sermons. So Sukkot starts on the 14th of October and it goes through the 22nd of October, which is a holiday called Shmini Atzeres, which means the eighth day when we stay when we stay with God for one extra day because he doesn't want to leave us when we're so focused on God during the holidays. He doesn't want to let us go back into the workaday world. So he gives us one more day as a holiday. What is a Noahide supposed to do on Sukkot? Well, you cannot make a holiday out of this one for yourself as it is a holiday for Jews, but you can honor these days by doing such things as dressing more nicely or having larger festive meals. You can do anything that brings more honor to the day, but do not look at it as an obligation. If you want to know more about the way Nohides should celebrate holidays, 
I recommend a website called asknoah.org. Asknoah.org. And they have a forum where all kinds of questions are asked and answered by very reliable rabbis, true scholars. So that's my favorite section there. Now, what do the Jews do on Sukkot? Well, what does Sukkot mean, first of all? You should know this because you want to be in tune with the holidays that the Jews are observing. They have many messages which apply to you. Even though you're not celebrating it as a holiday, but you are benefiting from the wisdom of the holiday. Well, it's called Sukkot because Jews build sukkahs on Sukkot, which are huts in the shape of a square, not a round hut, but a square hut, whose walls can be anything. It could be wood, fabric, Legos. It doesn't matter. They just have to be stable enough to withstand the wind so they don't blow away. On top of the sukkah, there must be schach. That's a fun one to say. Schach, which are leaves commonly used is bamboo shoots. And the key with the sukkah is that it becomes like our second home, is that it becomes our home. We eat, sleep, play poker, socialize, do anything that we would do in the house, we do it in the sukkah instead. Basically, moving into this temporary dwelling. We can't rely on the sturdiness of our homes. We're in God's home now. We're with the elements. And that's scary sometimes. We never know what's going to happen when you're outside. It's shaky, but we all end up all right. Now, going into a temporary dwelling reminds us of the biblical commandment to make a sukkah. There it says, the sukkah is there to remind us of the clouds of glory. Clouds would lead the Jewish people during the 40 years in the desert, they would protect the Jewish people. They would offer not only shade, but protection from snakes and scorpions and other harmful things. We also do something major. We, we shake the lulav, which is a palm branch, willow, myrtle, and citron. And I'll tell you more about why it's citron later in the sermon. But these are all bunched together. They're all right up against each other. They represent all the people in the world. Every plant represents a certain kind of person. And we're creating world peace. We're bringing everyone together. There's also something huge that we can't leave out because it was a, such a huge feature of Sukkot for so long. We don't have the Holy Temple today. But when we did, there was a special ceremony called Nisuch Hamayim. That means the pouring of the water. Water would be taken from a spring every day of Sukkot and poured onto the altar. And the joy surrounding this pouring was unmatched by the joy of anything in history. It says if you didn't see this, this excitement and this joyousness, you haven't seen joyousness in your entire life. That's what the Talmud says. Why we're so happy about this ritual, which is just the pouring of water on an altar? I mean, I spill water all the time, and there's no celebrations for it. The question is, how many walls does there need to be to be a kosher sukkah? And kosher means like proper. There is a dispute in the Talmud about that. But the way the, the ruling comes down is that the sukkah needs to have two walls and a little bit, a hand's breadth. Well, that's very interesting because if we look at our arm, we have one section from our shoulder until our elbow. We have another section from our elbow until our hand, 
And then we have the hand itself, which is what it says. You're supposed to have a hand's breadth. It's the same thing. So what's happening here? This is God's sukkah. We're in the elements. We're in God's world. And he is actually hugging us. He's giving us a hug. Because the sukkah has the two sides and the hand breadth. God is embracing us. Now, embracing is an act of love. So let's talk about the different ways you can show love. The first way you can show love is basically with your words. You can say, I love you. You can say, I appreciate you. I cherish you. I can't live without you. That's one way love manifests itself. That's all words. But there is something deeper, a deeper way of expressing love, which is a kiss. The love of a kiss is too deep to express in words. But most of you know what it is. Yet a deeper way to express love is through the eyes, staring at each other in the eyes. Most of us do not keep good eye contact. You should be looking into the eyes of the person you're talking to for at least two seconds before you turn away, and then another two seconds later on. But I went to a program once where they asked you to sit with your legs locked and uh, just stare into each other's eyes, and the instructors spoke about our childhood, and uh, I was crying and he was crying. Looking into the eyes is very, very powerful. In fact, there's a Hasidic vignette. It's known that many times Hasidim, those who follow Hasidic philosophy, would sit in a table, one across from the other, with a bottle of vodka, which they did not drink, by the way, and just look into each other's eyes and cry. That was their Hasidic gathering. It's so powerful that people can't even handle it, so we don't make the eye contact. But the last way to express love is a hug. And the hug is different from the other three because when you look at someone in the eyes, you're loving them for their eyes. You're also looking at their face and you're loving their face. You're loving what they are like. But in a hug, you don't even see the person's face. If anything, you're looking at their back. So what does looking at your back mean? It means that I love you no matter what you do, no matter who you are. This is the essence that we're talking about. Loving someone's back, which gives you no reciprocation. You can't say, I cherish you because you enrich my life, because what you will do for me. You're just seeing his back, which does nothing for me. It doesn't even give me a beautiful face to look at. So here, you're not appreciating their talents or their humor. Your love is essential. It's essence. And that's the kind of love that God is showing us on Sukkot. And we're talking about a real hug, a hug where two people melt away. When you're down, when you're stressed, a hug can always lift you up. When your face is sour, it becomes sweet. Nobody I know of refuses a hug. Because a hug means I'm accepting the totality of you. Rabbi Shlomo Karbach, a master of much wisdom, and also a hippie, and a musician. He would give hugs so good that people would return to Judaism, return to their roots, return to their traditions, just because of his hug. That's how powerful a hug can be. When a child is hugged, the message is sent that over here, you'll be safe forever. Here, the affection is going to transcend all circumstances. In a marriage, hopefully it reaches this point. Hopefully it reaches the point when flaws don't matter. The love stays. Always. 
They just love each other the way that they are. That's how God loves us, and we should take his example. Don't get me wrong. You need to work on a marriage, but that essential love must always be there. That's your fallback position. It's not like if the husband doesn't come home on time, we're getting a divorce. Marriage is a commitment to the person, not what they do. Still work on it, but never lose that essential connection. Try everything you can not to get divorced. Because this is a soulmate that was chosen for you from above. So that means that there is a way to work it out. Through therapists, through rabbis, through your own introspection, you can work it out. This is your soulmate. Unless, of course, there's abuse or something like that. And uh, in Genesis, it says, God made Eve Azer Kenegdoi, which means a helper who's opposite him. So someone who's being opposite him actually is there to help him. You want someone who's totally compatible with you. But if she's not compatible with you, it's, it's also good. Because it's increasing your humility and helping you get rid of your ego. In uh, Mrs. Marvelous Maisel's, they take a little baby and start measuring her head. Because they want her to be pretty and proportional. Now that's pretty twisted. A little baby. And we're already worrying about if she's going to be beautiful. The connection should be more than that. So that's why whatever you do in your house, you do in your sukkah, and it's all a mitzvah. It's all fulfilling a holy commandment. Because whatever you do, it does not matter to the essence. Whatever you do, you cannot block God's essential love for you. So eating is a mitzvah. Drinking is a mitzvah. Smoking is a mitzvah. Reading the paper is a mitzvah. The hug is saying, I don't care what you did or what you do. I just care about you. And the lulav. We use the citron. Why? Because it is the only fruit that stays on the tree for years and years. It can go through all the seasons. Through the hot, through the cold, through the medium. And it stays on its tree and grows. It becomes even greater through the adversity. So that citron represents the essence. It's there no matter what. The love only grows. There's a lot more to say about sukkahs, so stay tuned for the next episode. I love you all. Have a great day. Have a great night. God bless. Over and out.